Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 tv the following program is sponsored by rosenthal wealth management rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through satera advisor networks llc a broker dealer and registered investment advisor member finra sipc satera is under a separate ownership from rosenthal wealth management group rosenthal wealth management group is located at 9265 corporate circle in manassas virginia and can be reached at 703-330-3100 chris mckay is not affiliated with satera advisor networks llc nor rosenthal wealth management group bob jones is a marketing assistant of rosenthal wealth management group and is a Associated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And if you're watching us on LarryRosenthal.tv, you see the smiling face of Larry Rosenthal right there, ready to talk to us this morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. I learned something this morning. What did you learn? Already, I learned that uh, inside baseball is or buying a baseball team is a good investment. I did not know that. <laughs> there you go. I learned right. something this morning. <laughs> All right. Not every one of us can buy a baseball team, though. It takes a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I don't know anybody that can buy a baseball team. <laughs> well, who knows, right? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Exactly. So, good baseball talk this morning, right? Indeed. All righty. All righty. So, well, good morning, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show on this Saturday, which is an open mic Saturday, meaning any questions at all, feel free to give us a ring on anything across the entire spectrum of wealth management, estate planning, taxes, insurance, mutual funds, ETFs, the stock market, the <laughs> Fed, whatever's on your mind today. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 Seven six seven three one two three. Well, I've got to tell you something. You know, I usually do a uh, uh, a market commentary here in the first part of the show, and and I'm very excited about uh, uh, something. So I want to announce that real quick. On April twenty seventh, we're going to be having a very unique webinar, very very unique in that it's going, it's titled "Blind Spots in Your Financial Plan." There you go. You know, there's 130 points inside of a financial plan, right? Most people use about 64 of them, and we're going to bring and we're going to highlight several of the blind spots that people don't even think about inside their financial plan. So if you want to if you want to take part in that webinar, go to my website LarryRosenthal.com and register right there. Just click down the educational button and register on the webinar. It's free. There's no cost for this. We have two sessions, one from noon to one Eastern time, and then from six to seven Eastern time as well. It's the same material both times. You can sign up for either one of them, but it's going to be titled, it is titled actually, 
blind spots in your financial plan. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to deliver a lot of financial education. So what happened this past week in the markets? You know, wow, what is going on in the stock market? You know, we've got a banking crisis. Do we or do we not have a banking (laughs) crisis? We've got the Fed tap dancing all over the place. We've got corporate earnings winding down and getting ready to crank up again in two more weeks. And, 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 And in about another 10, 11 days, we're going to have the inflation number coming out for March. What is going on with all this green on the screen? I actually got a call from a client the other day and said, hey, you know, I'm seeing a lot of green. What, what's happening here? What's happening here? And consequently, I got a, I got a uh, uh, question this week from the, in the email bag. You know, people send in email questions all the time, and I'm going to bring some more this week. I've, I've been enjoying doing that lately. Uh, so, so you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email. We'll be happy to, to send you out information on your questions or answer your questions or even bring them live in the studio here and uh, go ahead and, and talk about them. We'll do some of that today. But, you know, the bottom line is this. Think about this for a second. And we've been talking about this for months Once the Fed gets to that pause position in the economy, now the economy, as far as monetary policy goes anyway, is going to have clarity of direction. We're going to know what the cost of capital is, and the market is sniffing this out. You know, technically speaking, the market is a discounted forward-looking mechanism, right? So the market is looking into the May meeting, June, July. When is the Fed going to pause? We are almost there, but... By famous words, we're not there yet, right? But the market should celebrate that. The question is, and and here's the unanswered question, has the Fed gone too far, yes or no? The only way to find out is to pause. So let's take a pause, see what happens with inflation, see what happens with the economy and the markets and things like that. So that's pretty much what's been going on this past week in the markets. Uh, plus, there, there's there's just a lot of... of uh, uh, uncertainty out there, a lot of pessimism out there, mm. and usually when you hear that, the markets usually, uh, you know, start to say not so fast and and uh, start to climb that wall of worry. But that's pretty much this this the uh, analysis, synopsis, whatever you want to call it, for this past week of, of of the market action. So we'll see what happens next week. We're gonna it's gonna be kind of a quiet week as far as data goes. The following week, a lot of it will start coming back out again. So. So stay tuned and see what's going on. Make sure you are diversified and that your investments align with your timing of your income needs for college, retirement, whatever they may be, you know, as far as all that goes. There. So over there at Larry, at Larry at Rosenthal Wealth Management Group, you're watching these indicators that you've been talking about, right? You're using those to help sort of direct your investments as to what to buy when and things of that nature. Absolutely, Chris. We watch all of this stuff. You know, the the way we do it is, you know, being independent, we have the ability to to not only do our own in-house research, which we do, but we also draw on the research for from major Wall Street firms mm. every day, month in, month out, week in, week out, that type of thing. You know, we we have we have. Uh, once a month, we do an entire investment policy team meeting where we break down the entire markets, the economy, grade of all our, grade all our investments, stress test our investments that our clients are in, analyze them all. We send our portfolios off uh, to to major Wall Street firms for them to an, uh, analyze them. We have an entire staff of CFAs, certified financial analysts, that we can pull on their knowledge. Uh, through the broker-dealer system, you know, just all different types of scenarios. And then we have our investment policy team meets 
every month, every morning also from 8 to 830 uh, just to discuss yesterday's uh, markets, the headlines and today's head, you know, the current day's headlines. So so we're on top of it all the time, watching it all the time, making, you know, making investment decisions and things like that, you know. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see here what happens with bonds, with the bond market. You know, the, the I've always told you in the past, there's two sides to the bond street. You know, there's the credit side and then there's the, the interest rate risk side. Well, last year on the interest rate risk side, as interest rates went up, bond prices went down and they went down substantially. Double digit losses, you know, 14, 16, 18 percent losses in some case in bonds last year. You know, it was the worst 60-40 type of a portfolio in the last uh, last 100 years. What's going to happen now when the Fed starts to pause? Will rates sort of work their way down? At some point, if the Fed starts to lower, and I'm not in the camp that they're going to lower this year, okay? But if they do, that could spark a huge rally in, in the bond market. You know, so so lots of opportunity there, as well as the dollar dropping. Uh, uh, not let me be careful how I say that. The the strength of the dollar easing back versus other currencies. Okay, not not becoming worthless or anything <laughs> like that. I don't want all, and we're not doing that. Not going down. Oh, the that phones road. are ringing. Uh oh. No, 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 not at all. Okay, <laughs> but but that presents opportunities for overseas as well. So there's a lot of things happening. There always is a lot of things happening uh, on Wall Street, that's for sure, you know, to, to uh, really, you know, take advantage of, of opportunities, produce income, different things like that. You know, in, in an environment where the market is, is flat, you know, then, then how do you get, get dividends? You know, the, the average dividend in, in the S&P 500, it floats right around 2%. You know, the S&P kicks out about 2, 2.1% in yield. How do you go about getting higher yield? You know, different income portfolios yielding 7, 9, 10%, you know, that type of thing. You get different types of stocks and, and, and positions in there and stuff like that and, and funds and stuff like that. So there's always stuff, you know, going on in the mixing bowl, if you will, Chris, in the, in the big mixer uh, on, on Wall Street, that's for sure. So. <laughs> I just got to tell you, I, I laugh at that because I, I was uh, – we were actually experimenting, doing some cooking in the kitchen the other day with my son. You know, we're not really very good cooks. So we were just trying to mix things together, as you were talking about. Our mix didn't come out so well. I'm just saying, in the end, it, <laughs> it, it wasn't so good. But I'm sure, you know, hopefully those guys are a little bit better at cooking, shall we Well, say. special announcement here, special <laughs> announcement, July 4th picnic at Chris <laughs> McKay's house. He's going to barbecue for everybody. See, the thing up. is, you don't want to do that because then, you know, the, you know, the cat might come across from the neighbors and eat the food and die, and then you'll know you don't want to eat my food, so, you know. Yep, yep, there you go, <laughs> there you go. So, hey, listen, we're going to open up these phone lines here. Give us a call this morning at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123, that's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment.
There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123 is that number to call, 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal here in studio with us today, taking your questions on this open mic Saturday. And by the way, you can watch us. At LarryRosenthal.tv if you would like to hear and know a little bit more about Larry and the rest of us in how we look in person and how we stream the show live. Larry. There you go, Chris. There you go. LarryRosenthal.tv live on YouTube. I love mm-hmm. it. It's a lot of fun. Hey, so um, coming up on April 22nd, it's a Saturday, and I'm very excited about this. We, we've done this for years and years. Um, with many, many churches all around the greater D.C. metro area, Baltimore, D.C., Virginia. Oh, I heard about this. This is cool. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. So this, this is, this is so, so stay tuned for this. It's going to be a live broadcast. We're going to be doing uh, the radio show from a church in Maryland by the name of Victory Chapel. Okay, so we're going to be doing the the entire radio show uh, with their their congregation on Saturday morning. And then when we're done with the radio show, we're going to be doing a Bible based money management uh, seminar class on on scripture and money management and tools and and just all different types of of programs that we put together. They put together, you know, agenda and stuff. So so we've done this for years and then, you know, COVID hit and it stopped. (laughs) You know, that kind of stuff. And now we're starting to do it again. So very excited about that. Listen, here's the deal, the way this works, okay? If you're interested in having us come out, um, uh, and if you wanted to do it, you know, during the week, that's fine. We just won't do the radio show. But if you wanted to do it on a Saturday, we'd be happy to come out and do the the radio show live from your church. Uh, You could use it as an outreach for your community. And then we would roll into, you know, a couple of hours of, of financial planning education from a biblical perspective. So if you're interested in that. Give us a call, 855-ROSE-123, or simply go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email there. Be more than happy to make arrangements on that for you. So a lot of times, just in the past so that you know, uh, a lot of churches will have Wednesday night uh, Bible study classes or, or just different events and things during the week. Happy to do
do that as well, you know, from that standpoint um, there. Or if you wanted to do a live show, we could make arrangements for that as well. So, hey, this week in the email bag, Chris, we got some some questions in. Uh, in the past, we've talked about donor advised funds, and somebody was asking about the donor advised fund, how they work, why are they why are they becoming popular. And, you know, if you stop and think about a donor advised fund, you're allowed to put money into this fund, and it can go into the cash allocation or it can go into, you know, a couple different portfolios to try and grow your money in the market. So once you put the money in, you're, you're making an irrevocable gift to a donation to a charitable fund, okay? And then you as the donor can make recommendations as to where you donate that money. Let's suppose you put $1,000 into a donor-advised fund or 10000 or 100000 or a million or whatever it is that you want to do. Now you get, that, you get the gift economics on your tax return for deductions, and then you can say to your charities or your church, charities, wherever it is, you know, hey, look, I've, I've got some money. I want to support you, right? The advantage of a donor-advised fund is that, is that you can send the donations anonymously. You know, Chris, if you were to send a check to your local charity, they're going to see, oh, Chris McKay, we know where it came from. Thank you. $200 million. There you go. But it, yeah, but if you send it through a donor advised fund, you can check a box, and it can actually go anonymously. Nice. You know, which is very, very nice. And you still get to take full deduction of the tax code there uh, for, for those benefits. But in addition to that, a donor advised fund can help keep the charity in line with what you're attracted to. Oftentimes when people want to make a large donation, they'll make a donation and, and they'll, they'll stop and they'll go, you know, well, wait a minute here. Let's look at the board. Let's look at the, the age of the people that are running it. And you want to make a large donation, you have to ask the question. You know, when, when, when employees, when management, when the board turns over into a different direction, will the same mission be driven, you know, and I'm going to give this money to this to the to this organization. Maybe I can put it in a donor advised fund, and then I can move the money yearly as I see management turnover or whatever the case may be. So it really helps in communication. It helps a lot with with the relationship building between you and the charity, and making sure things are aligned with what you were attracted with in the first place. So I got some questions on donor advised funds, and yes. You can put in things other than cash. You can donate uh, vintage cars, baseball cards. You can donate art. You can donate shares of a business. You can donate buildings. You can donate a lot of different things into a donor-advised fund for that. So, uh, Bob, we got a caller here? or Well, let's find out. Welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show. How can we help you? Hello? Hey, good morning. Good I have morning. a question uh, concerning my 401K. Okay. How can I help you? Okay. So um, I'm getting up there where I'm probably five, six, seven years from retirement. So my 401k for many years has started, you know, it's built up to a pretty strong, from my standpoint, pretty strong figure. Um, you know, of course, we've seen it drop back in the last months. However, not terribly. And I've got a balance account that's pretty conservative. I've dug into it a little bit recently, found out I'm like 60-40 um, stock to bonds. and But I also just found out that my particular fund has a pretty strong charge for, I guess, for maintenance or for 
what the fee they charge is point forty nine, whereas some of the other funds are point oh one. And you know, I, I just need some advice of is is this is this are the fees killing me too much uh, because I have a decent amount of money in there, or you know, should I find some di- you know, or the fees there for a reason because I can get more support from the company that has the funds. So here's the math on that, okay? First of all, your money has to outpace three things. It has to outpace taxes, inflation, and then fees. Those are the three things it has to outpace, okay? So when it comes to the fees, you're going to pay your advisor a fee, and the mutual funds or the ETFs that's inside that account, there's a fee there. For example, if you bought XYZ mutual fund, and it had an expense ratio, I'll use your numbers, of 0.49 versus buying five individual stocks, there is no expense ratio in individual stocks, okay? So that would save you that hidden expense ratio fee there. But on the other hand, what are you getting for that expense ratio? You're getting, a lot of times, it's called a package product, where you're getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stocks inside that mutual fund and then there's a management team managing that mutual fund. They're, they're constantly analyzing it, buy, sell, that type of thing, okay, uh, to make those stocks and or bonds work toward the objective of that mutual fund. Same with an ETF. So, so when you take a look at one mutual fund who might have an expense ratio of 0.08 versus another mutual fund that has an expense ratio of 0.49, you're asking, well, what's the difference? Should I just go cheap, cheap, cheap? It depends on what you're looking for. If you stop and think about a dartboard, okay, what's in the middle of the dartboard? The bullseye, right? Okay, so what's in the middle of our stock market? The S&P 500. The further away from the stock, from the S&P 500 you go, the more apt you are to want professionally active management instead of indexes especially in a marketplace like this where you've got you've got um, um, you know uh, uh, government bank you've got you've got the Fed you've got the ECB all playing around with monetary policy all across the world so so you'll find that your index funds are a lot less expensive point three point point one whereas your active management funds are point four nine point eight five even in some cases, 0.9. So we believe that you need to have a combination of both. You know, if you wanted to have an international small stock fund, imagine the research that has to go on that when you're looking at all the countries around the world investing in small company stocks. But if it's an asset class that's really doing well, and it probably will again, right, you want to be there. Do you want to buy the index cheap, or do you want active management on that? Most of the time, the further away from the S&P 500 you go, you want active management on that. So we have, in our portfolios, we have combinations of active management, passive management, very inexpensive, and individual stocks where there is no expense ratio charge. That's the way we believe. We believe in product diversification across the board. So you have to ask yourself, what are you getting? And then you take it to the next step of, you know, you might have two funds, one at 0.49, another one at 0.49, and you're going, okay, great. Both of these are in the expense ratio world together, but now grade them out. 
which one is doing better from a tax perspective, a turnover perspective, which one ranks better within its, within its peer group of all of this stuff. So not only do you have to look at the expense ratios, that's one piece of the overall evaluation inside of a mutual fund or an ETF. But you want to look at all different other types of metrics inside of that. What's the PE ratio of that ETF? Is it, is it, is it you know, over and above the S&P or over and above its index? Uh, you know, just all kinds of programs. What's the alpha? What's the beta, the standard deviation on the fund or the ETF? How does it compare against, you know, 500 other funds or ETFs in its peer group? So, so you need to do what I would call, John, a screening of it all, okay? That's what I would do. So kind of a long okay. answer to your question, but, but you know, being, being fee aware is definitely wise. There's no doubt about it. We, we definitely screen for that uh, in, in our portfolios, and everybody should. But there's also a balance mix there, too. Okay? If you okay. want, I'll be happy to, to send you out some info on how to screen for that and how to take a look at it, okay, if you want. That'd be great. I also had one other, if you have time, you may have other callers, but. So I was curious also, you know, should I have several different funds with different fees, like some that aren't so managed that, I mean, is it important to have a mix of that? When you just take that one fee on your decent amount of money, it looks like, man, I'm paying a whole lot for my management. But, you know, or take a fund like there's one, I won't name it, this, I'll call it the SS, uh, S&P fund. So... Uh, so it's mostly S&P stuff. It's it's actually 11% of my balance fund, so it must be a pretty good fund because it makes up 11% of, of my one fund that I have. But this uh, SS, uh, S&P fund has been outperforming what I have for the last five years, and um, it has a point oh one. So, And I guess that's because what you said is so close to the S&P itself, it probably doesn't need as much management. It could very well be just an index, you know. Um, so, so I would have to look at it to see and break it down. But you know, when when it comes when it comes to this, if you stop and think about it for a second, you know, um, how can I use this as an analogy? Let's suppose you go to McDonald's and you get a Big Mac, right? And you've got the special sauce and the patties and the onions and the pickles and the lettuce and all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> And and you yep. break it down, and you and they tell you, well, yeah, the lettuce actually costs a dime. And you go, well, the little bit of lettuce on that Big Mac, it's not worth a dime. I don't want the lettuce. I'm just not happy about it, <laughs> right? But it comes with the whole thing. The, the sandwich costs a dollar. I don't know what it costs. Let's say it costs a dollar, right? But you're going to get the whole thing for the dollar, and you're looking for the whole thing. And so when you when you take a look at the fees – in ab absence of value, fees come to light, basically, all right? So when you look at the fees inside the fund, you're saying, I'm exchanging this fee for professional money management because I don't want to or I can't do it myself. That's what you're doing. Just like when you take your car to a place to have your oil changed, some people do it themselves. Some people say, nope, I'm going to exchange money to save me time and i'm going to hire a professional to do that that's it's the same type of scenario you know what i mean it's almost akin to you going to your boss and saying listen next week i'm going to work for free don't pay me i'm going to work for free because when you're asking investments you know 
to say, hey, cut your fees way, 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 way down. At some point, you know, the, if, if it's below market competitiveness, then they would say, well, where, where do you want me to work for free at? Does that kind of make sense? I mean, you're, you're, you're exchanging yeah. time and expertise, and you can use that in an analogy in anything, the dentist office, you know, a, a golf lesson, whatever it might be. That's what, that's what you're doing there. So, so the, the, the fee is, again, one part of the screening on, a, on it all, John, but take a look at the performance of it all, okay? And so just because one fund outperforms another fund in your portfolio – they could be investing in two different places, two different asset classes. You want to screen each fund versus its index, okay? I'm going to put you on hold here, and Bob will get your contact information. I've got some more callers on the line, and we'll send you out some information on how to screen things, okay? Two old beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, yep. onions. On a Appreciate session. the phone call, John. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Nelson on the line from Kansas City. Good morning, Nelson. How are you? Good morning. Uh, my question is, why are the Fang big tech stocks seeming be, to be doing well right now? Why? Because people are investing in them. That's exactly why. They're driving up the price. And so what are you taking a look at here? You're taking a look at a couple of asset classes. This is a great question because this has been a debate, okay, as to, you know, uh, all in the industry, and so, uh, Nelson, I appreciate the, the, the question. You, you must have been watching some TV over the last uh, month or so. But, but anyway, so here's the deal. You know, in times of uncertainty, you want, you want to flock to, to security, right? Okay? And, and as the Fed has been approaching its pause, whether it happens in May or later this year, I don't know, but growth will eventually start to take off again. And so when you talk about the FANG stocks, you know, the big box tech, take a look at their balance sheets. Those are very, very strong balance sheets. And in, and in times like this, just like I have always said, you want to own quality, okay? Would you rather own a big box tech stock or Chris McKay's startup tech company, right? Hey, um, wait a minute. Yep, there you go. Do you see what I mean? That's that's kind of the analogy on the difference, Nelson, right there. And so people have been flocking to to large tech for quality, for 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 stability, for safety, that type of thing. In addition to okay. that, you also have to sit back and say, you know, if I wanted to own one, two or three asset classes for the rest of my life and never pay attention to it, technology is going to be one of them. Biotech would probably be another one, right? You know, so so we are on the we are on the cusp of a brand new technological explosion, innovation. You know, uh, I uh, what is it? IA, artificial AI. intelligence, yeah, AI. AI. Yeah, thank you, uh, artificial intelligence. I mean, I mean, you just take a look at some of the programs that are out there now. You take a look at, at computers. We, I just got a new computer in my office, and I am absolutely shocked at it's completely quiet and how fast it is. I never thought this thing, I don't know what it's called, a 9-something nine, nine or other. I don't I know. I-9, yep, a 9 I-9. Yep. And it's just amazing, amazingly fast. So, so well, the, one, you know, if you, if you one, go back and – One last question related to that. The NASDAQ. Is also doing well. Is that AI and yield 
Are they, is it AI in yield that's driving, um, or is it a rotation from value to growth? Well, the whole thing is a rotation from value to growth at this point. Just like in 2022, we saw a rotation from growth to value. Now we're seeing a rotation back. We're seeing the rotation back from value into into growth. You know, okay. that's exactly what it is for for all the above reasons. Okay, okay. for for subscription software, for for inve- uh, uh, innovation. You know, for all different types of things. You know, and then okay. once we get clarity of direction from the Fed. Uh, we'll probably start to see VC money come back into play again, and then possibly a brand new economy starting off uh, with with it all. So, this is okay, why we want to stay diversified. Thank you. All right, Nelson. Appreciate the phone call. You have a great weekend. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Don't forget to go check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com, because on April twenty seventh, we're going to be having a very fun webinar. It's called, um, you know, basically discovering the blind spots in your financial plan. I'm going to be bringing up things that. A lot of people don't think about a lot of times in their financial plans. So we're going to have a lot of fun with it. You can go there today at LarryRosenthal.com and register right now. There's no cost for the webinar. Uh, it, we're going to do it from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time and then again from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time as well. It's a live webinar. You'll have an opportunity to ask questions. It's a lot of fun. We'll do a, about a 10-minute market commentary, updates on the markets, the economy, what's happening, the Fed watch, the whole nine yards, and then we'll roll into some educational material. So go check it out there at LarryRosenthal.com. Meanwhile, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense, and we will be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal we've all heard the more risk you get the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments however can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns you can only water ski behind one boat at a time make sure your risk adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, the number is 
3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Larry Rosenthal is here in studio today, and he is taking your phone calls. Again, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Gloria, how are you today? Oh, fine. How can I help you? Um, I'm interested in learning about the stock market, and I know nothing. Um, so I would love to take some kind enroll in some kind of course and, uh, you know, begin to learn and begin to invest some money. So I thought maybe you have a good reference for me. Oh, there's tons of it out there. Tons of it, Gloria. Tons? Um, that's, that's what's overwhelming. Yes, absolutely. If, if I were to say, I, I want you to understand a couple of things. Um, so since it is overwhelming, uh, I would recommend sitting down with a financial advisor and, and having him or her show you your specific questions and then give you an overview of the markets. Everything starts with monetary and fiscal policy. Monetary policy is the Federal Reserve controlling the money supply, okay? They have two mandates, price okay. stability and maximum employment. <clears throat> and then fiscal policy is the White House and Congress tax and spend, okay? So the first thing that I would say is take a look at, I actually have a document called Market Moving Indicators, and it's filled with monetary policy and fiscal policy stuff all the different reports that come out each week throughout the year. And, and so they, they report all the numbers each month. That would be the first thing that I would suggest because once you get a good understanding of how the economy works, where the economy is, you can sort of see where it's heading sometimes, okay? And, uh -huh. and then you can listen to what people are saying and go, nope. I don't believe that. That's not right, okay, because of this, this, and this. So you have to take a look at understanding where the, the root of all the numbers are, okay? And I've got this document here called um, uh, Market Moving Indicators, which I'll send out to you. Then the next thing is we need to understand from a financial planning perspective, we need to have we, – we need to get – the, the, the end goal, the end game here is that one day when you're retired – you want to make sure that your income is coming in large enough to meet all of your expenses and maintain your standard of living, right? That's the objective. So, And then along the way, you've got cars and vacations and mortgages and college funding and birthdays and all different types of things, right, that you've got to pay for as well. So when we're taking a look at breaking this down, we've got to have adequate amount of money for cash reserves in the bank, you know, three to six months of living expenses a lot of times is recommended. Then we also need to have money growing for us in the markets through mutual funds, ETFs, stocks, bonds, whatever the case may be. And that's where you have to really dive in with an advisor so he or she can show you, you know, what type of risk there is, what type of risk are you willing to take, and what type of risk can they bring to the table for you, you know, because you want to make sure that you have a risk-adjusted return uh, uh, versus versus your financial plan. In other words, reduce as much risk as possible to still obtain the returns that you need to fulfill your goals inside your financial plan. That's that's where I would start. 
So I didn't answer your question by saying go read this book or take that class because there's a million and one of them out there that would describe all of that. Okay, but what I would say is I would go online to Google and I would Google economic calendar. That's going to teach you the different reports about monetary policy and fiscal policy. Okay, economic calendar is what I would Google and then start reading that stuff. And then inside three months from now, you're going to really be able to talk about, you know, the uh, supply chain shifting and just all different types of things, okay? Um, you know, if you really study it hard. It's full time, and it moves very, very fast every single day, Monday through Friday. Um, but I have, I have information. I have, I have different packages of information that I've taught in seminars over the years on on how a mutual fund works, you know, the, the basics of the economy, the basics of the stock market, compound interest versus simple interest, cash, cash equivalents, how, how the difference between preferred stock and common stock. I have all of that stuff, and if you like, I'll, I'll be happy to send you out uh, some of these basic things to get you reading on that, but, but I also want you to learn about uh, the, the economic numbers as well. So I'll put you on hold here, Gloria, and, and I'll have Bob get your information, and we'll send you out all this information on the basics of mutual fund, the basics of investing. I have all these, these different uh, materials that, that we can just email over to you, okay? That sounds great. I appreciate that very much. Absolutely. I appreciate the phone call. You have a great weekend. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. Don't forget to go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and sign up for the educational webinar on April 27th. That's right, April 27th. I'm very excited about this because it's going to be a fun, fun class, you know identifying the blind spots in your financial plan, identifying the blind spots in your financial plan, like, Chris, like your grill in your backyard. It's a blind spot for a lot of people, yeah. You know? And <laughs> it should be. Go, and right? it should be. <laughs> right? Yep, yep. So not too long ago I was over. Well, that's another story. <laughs> not, <laughs> so, That'd be kind uh, of fun, right? Now, a friend of mine had a bird's nest in his grill. That's how lacking he was using it. I was like, I went <laughs> to, I like said, my we're grill. going to grill out. We're going to use your grill today. <laughs> and I went and opened it up, and I was like, oh, no. And, you know, being the grill guy that I am, I was just like, oh, oh my this gosh. is not good at all. <laughs> not, not, yeah, not, talking about grill, you got, like, all those little things that do all this. I got yeah, you. Amazing yeah, it's, stuff. Yeah. It's fun. It's definitely fun. Hey, let's bring Ann on from Maryland. Good morning, Ann. How are you today? Hey, good morning. I'm well. Thank you. I have a question in regards to reverse mortgage. I okay. I'm trying to help my mom out. Um, she paid off her, her house, but she has little cash to take care of her daily expenses. So I'm wondering if I should let her do a reverse mortgage or I um, help her in getting an equity loan. Okay, so so Anne, there's there's a few different things. There's a few. There's three strategies here involved: a reverse mortgage, a trade down, and a sale leaseback. Okay, and so okay. let's go over the reverse mortgage. The reverse mortgage is going to uh, give you a monthly payment, or the reverse mm -hmm. mortgage is going to give you a lump sum. All right. The second okay. scenario, a trade down, is you would is your mom would actually sell her house and move to another home 
that's less expensive and cash out all the, you know, the balance of the equity. Let's suppose your mom's house was worth $400,000 and she went and bought a condo for two hundred. Now she's going to have $200,000 in cash. That's mm-hmm. a trade down. The second way, now that one requires her to move, whereas a reverse mortgage doesn't. The third way is what's called a sale leaseback. And these work out very well a lot of times. This does not require your mom to move at all, okay? But what your mom would actually do is sell her home to you and or your siblings, okay? Mm -hmm. And you all would collectively give her a lease for life back in that home so she never has to move. This way she can cash out 100% of all of the money in the house, Now, she pays you a rent that's equivalent to the mortgage that you and you and or your siblings just obtained to cover that. So that way she ends up staying in the house and she gets a lot more money than a reverse mortgage would provide. So there's three strategies here involved with it all, okay? I've helped people in the past go through, step through these different scenarios, okay? Um, But you really want to take a look at all three of those different types of programs. Um, the, the reverse mortgage is going to give you the least amount of cash out money, and it's going to give you the least amount of monthly payments. But it's also very easy to do versus a sale leaseback. Now you've got to get the family involved and all of that type of stuff. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, okay, but, great. Yep, but if you want info, I can send that out to you on the differences between that. Uh, but again, you know, the reverse mortgage um, – it, the reverse mortgage and the sale leaseback enable your mom to stay in her same property, okay? Yeah, she doesn't want to move, really. She's, like, fighting against that. Yep. Well, that I, I, I totally get that, and that's an advantage of the sale leaseback or the reverse mortgage in your mom's case, okay? So then the trade-down, we'll just push that aside, so now we're down to the reverse mortgage or the sale leaseback. Okay. Yeah. So so the way you do it is you get a, you get a proposal on the reverse mortgage. You see what kind of numbers are there. You look mm-hmm. into the program and then we sit down and take a look at a sale lease back also and then compare the two to see what's best for your mom. Oh, okay. Great. Thank yep. you very I'll much. I'll put you on hold and we'll send you out that information if you'd like, Ann, okay? Okay. Great. Yep, appreciate the phone call. You listen to Becky Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Also, don't forget, on April 22nd at Calvary Chapel in Maryland, I'm sorry, Victory Chapel in Maryland, we're going to be doing the radio show and a Bible-based money management seminar. So we're very excited about that. If you'd like to have us come out and do that at your church, either during the week or on Saturdays with the live radio show, Go ahead and shoot us off an email. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and do that. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for our webinar that's coming up here soon. So, you know, I've been asking questions today, basically answering questions from the email bag. Got one more to go through today, Chris, and that is, are the banks okay? Yes. Quick answer. Done. There you go. The banks are okay. They're all right. All right. Yep, the banks are okay. There are concerns, so, but it's okay. There are concerns. There may be a couple of more issues, but but they are pretty much okay. The Fed has has uh, uh, you know produced some opportunities to make banks okay. This, you know, I got to ask you. This kind of all started with a very risky uh, 
bank in general, with venture capital bank that had problems, they're not they're they're already going to have issues. Maybe you know, so it kind of really just kind of snowballed, didn't it? Really. Well, it did. I mean, you take a look at the depositors there. You know, if if you go to your local bank, Chris, your local bank receives deposits from you. It receives deposits from the the hair salon down the street, from the grocery store. It receives deposits from from you know the all the local restaurants, the sure. gas stations in yeah. the area. Their depositors are diversified across industries and mm-hmm. sectors of the economy, mm-hmm. versus one bank having depositors primarily of one source silicon valley right yeah exactly and so when you take a look at what happened with buying the government bonds the 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 which is a good safe investment but on paper the bonds went down because interest rates went up and then they needed money because vc dollars dried up they went and they they started pulling dollars well isn't this a case of them not being diversified very well shouldn't they have been in other investments besides bonds uh, could very well be, as well as depositors, maybe too. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'm I'm on the outside looking in. I can tell you what I've been told and researched and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, on the email bag question, is are the banks okay? Yes, the bank the banks are fine. They're okay. Yes, we may have a couple little ripples and rumblings a little bit. But as a result of this, though, as a result of this, now. The banks are going to start lending. Their lending practices are going to get squeezed a little bit. They're going to become a little bit tighter in their lending because they want to protect and defend their balance sheets at this point, right? So you take a look at the Fed raising, uh, you know, two weeks ago, 25 basis points in interest rates, and now all of a sudden, you know, you've got banks that are going to be lending their, their lending practices will not be as wide and, and, and um, uh, liberal. It's going to be a little bit more conservative in their lending practices now. So guess what? That's going to also slow down the velocity yeah. of money yeah. in the economy, which is akin to almost another rate hike. So in a way, this is also helping the Fed for not having to raise as much. Uh, because this is going to be a deflationary move by the banks just to defend and protect their balance sheets. Well, doesn't that also make it more difficult for the new person that wants to buy a new home for the first time? Isn't that going to make it slightly harder for them to get a home? Yes, which is a deflationary effect in the economy. That's exactly right. If your credit score is borderline, well, guess what? They might say no, or they might charge you a higher rate, you know? Uh, which would make you you possibly you know look elsewhere or push it off to another year. By a you smaller know, place, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, when 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 uh, uh, when the economy gets the screws of the economy tightened down a little bit, you know, you, they sort of pull the grease out of the gears, if you will, <laughs> and slow it all down, slow the motor down, right? <laughs> it just slows it all down to to bring down the cost of goods and services uh, or the on the inflation battle, you know, and. And there's projections, you know, right now we're sitting at 6% on inflation, top-line inflation. And there's, there's, you know, lots of predictions out there that by the end of the year it's going to be in the fours. You know, are we going to get to 2%? You know, not this year. Maybe not next. Maybe not ever again. I don't know. Um, you know, you're going to have to really have a big slowdown for all of that. You know, as we continue to drive forth more and more technology, more and more technology getting digested into the economy, that's a deflationary move by itself, you know. 
you you just take a look at it all it, you know just just the goods and services and it's very exciting to see a lot of these these uh, groundbreaking technologies and different systems coming across the economy. So, uh, lo- you know, a lot of people expl- are excited. A lot of people are scared. Actually, yeah, I was it. explaining to my daughter the other day. I said, you know, look, I said, I said, there's going to come a time when 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 uh, you're probably in the next ten years or so, you're not. You, you may not have a grocery store on every corner. You may have a regional grocery store, but a lot of people are going to be ordering. More and more people are going to be ordering their groceries, sure. and their normal, you know, toiletries and their milk and their eggs and just all the normal stuff, you know, um, uh, through through delivery services. My daughter turned around and she said, "Well, wait a minute, Dad." She goes. I like to make sure my vegetables are what I want. I said, well, you're still going to have the opportunity to go in and do that, okay? Um, you know, but you might just run in and get some. But but for the most part, a lot of that stuff's going to going to start you know coming. I so. got to say, I think we're losing a little bit as a country when we start doing too much of that because you don't get to see the local grocery. You don't get to see your friends that you see outside, and you lose a lot of that. I think. I do agree with you, Chris. I, I absolutely do. It's it's an interesting thing, you know. It's a conundrum with it all, but yeah. but you know those those types of things are coming as well as a lot of other different 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 ways. You know, look at the computing power in in technology in a computer back in in two thousand. You know, now look at the computer power in your pocket in your phone. Three times as big. Yep. I mean, it's I mean, powerful actually. Oh, it's it's and, and it's only going to get more or more powerful. As as time goes on, yeah. you know, so so a uh, lot lot of different stuff. Maybe too much, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe, so. maybe maybe too much. That's for sure. So, hey, you know, so we've just got a couple minutes left, and one of the thi- one of the the uh, uh, I'll, I'll just go over one of the the areas of a blind spot in people's financial plan. You know, there blind spots in your plans. Because uh, I've got a whole list of them here just to just to talk about this webinar that's coming up on April 27th. <clears throat> but one of the blind spots in people's financial plans, okay, believe it or not, is procrastination. That's a blind okay. spot in a lot of things. <laughs> it is a blind spot in a lot of things. But procrastination is a huge blind spot, oh, yeah. you know, in financial planning, especially when it comes to estate planning or setting up that automatic – bank draft to put money into your retirement plan each and every month or or even just into a regular investment you know but but procrastination is definitely a blind spot in a lot of people's financial plans it might be the difference between running out of money and not running out of money if you start a little bit early when you take a look at compound interest and how it works and starting early that's for sure yeah. you know uh, even if it's just a small amount of money each month definitely Definitely. Another way is unwise use of credit. You know, there's good credit, bad credit, and necessary credit, right? Uh, debt, I should say. You know, bad debt is the big screen TV, right? You know, payments. You don't need that kind of debt. Necessary debt might be, you know, well, I've got to go in debt to, to get a car to be reliable transportation to and from work. Mm-hmm. You know, good debt could be a business loan where the interest may be tax deductible or a mortgage, things like that. So different types of debt as well so stay tuned we'll be talking more and more about our upcoming webinar on april 27th at noon to one and then from six to seven p.m eastern time go visit our website larryrosenthal.com and register right there 
There's no cost for the webinar. We've got lots of fun, lots of good questions, and, and I'm looking forward to this one. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, on that. In addition to that, if you'd like us to come out to your church and bring the radio show out there, you can use it as an outreach to your, your community. I've even done a lot of Zoom webinars for churches as well, with people all over the place, too. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Until then, God bless and take care.